Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dave Burkett here on Facebook Live and Freep.com. In my office, back from a long couple weeks of travel and the news that everyone has been long waiting for. Uh, we've known about this for going on a month now. I guess it, maybe it's not quite a month, three weeks, two and a half weeks. Uh, but Matt Patricia officially named head coach of the Detroit Lions today. And that means the Lions coaching search is finally over. Press conference scheduled for 3 p.m. Wednesday, where he will be introduced as Lions coach. And all right, first, the news of it. Again, everyone sort of expected, knew that this was coming, not just expected, knew that this was coming. I mean, shoot, I wrote a a 4,000 word profile on them four weeks ago, you know, so uh, it's something that we would not have spent that much time, energy, resources doing had this uh, not been coming down the pipe. And uh, obviously the Lions just had to wait until the, the Patriots season was done to announce this. The Patriots, of course, lost in Super Bowl 52 to the, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night. Patricia's defense had its hands full with the Eagles, but guys, listen, don't, uh, I wouldn't get too worked up or worried about um, you know, Matt Patricia after what happened, uh, you know, in the game or because of what happened in the game, uh, the Eagles are a very good team. Obviously they won the Super Bowl. You don't judge a coach based on one game. Maybe it was disappointing, but look, I, and I said this a couple of weeks ago when I was at the AFC championship game, I think the, uh, I think the Lions might actually have a little bit better talent than the Patriots on defense. The Patriots weren't wor working with much on defense yet. They somehow still managed to finish top five disappointing performance, obviously, but nothing that should should uh, scare you away from from believing in Matt Patricia as the next Lions coach. All right, so uh, 43 years old, uh, probably you know everything on uh, his bio by now. He played Division Three football at RPI, uh, which is in, in upstate New York or, or central New York. Um, he was an offensive lineman there. He was a... Uh, uh, he was a graduate assistant for one season after that. Then he went into the real world. He was an engineer, uh, had the Jones to coach. If you read my feature, you know this. He had the Jones to coach the whole time. Um, and uh, I'm with you, Derek. Couldn't care less about it, uh, the, the past defensive performance. Uh, but had the Jones to coach, uh, got back into it. He was doing some part-time coaching, helping out with a semi-pro team up in Syracuse where he was working at. Went back to school to be a, a coach at Amherst. Um, and, and he spent, I believe it was two years at Amherst before he got a GA job at Syracuse. He was at Syracuse uh, for three years. Gareth, welcome here from, welcome uh, for, from Scotland. Athena, I don't know that. I will check that as soon as I get up, get done with this and try to tweet that out. Um, but that would make sense if that matches up with, with Quinn four or five years. Um, all right. Anyways, back to, to the whole, you know, biographical information about him. Three years at Syracuse, cut his teeth there. Went to the New England Patriots in 2004, has been there ever since. He spent one year as an offensive assistant, just a low-level guy, was helping out with the offensive line, doing a bunch of different things on that side of the ball, helped sort of modernize their scouting processes. Got a uh, – Charlie Weiss went to become – this was the year that the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Charlie Weiss left to become the Notre Dame head coach, tried to bring, bring Matt Patricia with him. Bill Belichick promoted Patricia to um, offensive line assistant. 
Uh, and then from there, he started the rapid climb up. He was the linebackers coach. He was a safeties coach for the last six seasons. He's been a defensive coordinator. And, I mean, you'd know it by now, right? He's got three Super Bowl rings. Every year he's been a defensive coordinator. The Patriots have been in the top ten in uh, scoring defense. I mean, very accomplished, obviously, as a coach. And to me, in the past month of doing research on him, I will tell you the thing that stood out the most to me was uh, just the way that that players and colleagues and coaches and people that have been around him spoke of him, and you know the the personal touch that um, you know that that he had with players and with colleagues for that matter, and, and why people respected him so much and loved him so much, wanted to play for him, wanted to work with him, coach with him. That's something that I, I truly did not know when I started this. Um, you know, I, coming from the Belichick tree, you see sort of the gruff sideline demeanor, you know, the big beard, the pencil in the ear, you, uh, you know, I just, I guess I, I, I thought in, you know, going back a month and a half ago, I, I thought he was going to be a mini Belichick. I mean, Bel Bill is one of his biggest mentors and I thought he would be that sort of rough exterior guy, but, but he is not that way at all. Um, has some personality, you know, again, in my profile, I wrote a little bit about this, about little things that he would do for players. You know, he sees him out on town and he just quietly picks up a tab for him, gets him a little Christmas gift. You know, this is when he was a low level assistant and guys are making more than he is. And, um, you know, the, the way that, that he stayed in touch with, with, with players that, you know, it seems like everybody, everybody that I talk to seems to think that they're really good friends with Matt Patricia. And if you know anything about NFL coaches, you know how little time they have, uh, on their hands, so it's it's amazing to me that the fact that he's able to um, keep in touch with so many people from his background. And we asked him a little bit about that at the uh, Super Bowl last week, and he said, "I said, do you set reminders? You know, like on your phone, like, hey, I gotta, you know, call this guy on on you know April first just to to set yourself a reminder." He said, "Nobody should. It's just something that." You know, when he gets a minute, he, he tries to reach out to, to some of those guys. So I think that's uh, I think that's a, a real important thing to note is that. Um, he has always, uh, you know, had these 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 long-lasting relationships with players. I mean, doing in doing things to, to lighten the mood. You know, in New England, they they would do something where you know they would have comedy hour at the end of, of meetings. Um, so there was something that uh, my daughter just got home from school. Um, hi, Avery. Uh, that uh, you know, just just things to you know, sort of after you put in a lot of work. He's a very demanding coach. He wants things done, you know, to 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 the exact specifications that that he he wants and that he desires in his defense. But but beyond that, um, you know, he he certainly has a personal side, and and so I think that's you know that's an important thing to note. Look, I watched his sideline demeanor the last two games. I was out in Boston for the uh, or Foxborough for the AFC Championship game at the Super Bowl this week. You know, Matt did not spend any time watching the offense, let alone coaching the offense. I mean, the the his defense came off the field. He was on his his hands and knees and standing up with all the different position groups and going back and forth. You know, working with guys and and trying to coach them uh, his defense. Um, so it'll be a little bit of adjustment for him from that regard. But I think that's how it is when you're a position coach or you're coaching on one side of the ball. Um, you know, when as as an assistant, and and then you transition to a head coach where you have so much more on your plate. Um, he's going to run the defense. I don't know who his defensive coordinator is. I know Pal Pasqualoni was the, you know, the the rumor report. I had heard before, you know, a couple weeks ago that Pasqualoni might be defensive line coach. But uh, you know, the, uh, Pasqualoni was in recruiting. Those two had worked together before. There's nothing that's locked down, but it's certainly expected at this point. Um, uh, Brett here, on here asked Brian Flores for defensive coordinator. Brian Flores is, is going to stay with the Patriots, barring some. You know, crazy change there. So I would expect Brian Flores to stay there. 
and now I got my son asking me on here. Yes, you can have some Mike and Ike's. You know, he's grandma's running around with him while I'm I'm doing this. All right. Anyways, Brett, Brian Flores probably going to stay in New England. Don't know if, if uh, Matt's going to bring any Patriots assistance with him. I think we still have to see exactly what's going to happen in New England and whether Bill Belichick will let some of those guys out of contracts because he's already losing Matt Patricia. Uh, I know last night the, there was a, a report that Josh McDaniels was that to Indy was iffy, but if he loses both coordinators. Um, you know, they, they might want some continuity there and might not want to let anybody go outside of maybe one of the lower level guys, you know, the defensive staff assistants, somebody like that. But um, there's some reports out there already about, you know, his defensive backs coach is going to be Maryland, Maryland's defensive backs coach. Um, you know, uh, Jim Bob Cooter staying on offense. Uh, somebody on here just asked, how much will Bob Quinn be involved with the staff? I think maybe you're asking. Yeah, look, I mean, interviews were going on while Matt Patricia was... Um, still coaching with the Patriots. So Bob Quinn is involved, but it's Matt Patricia's staff. I mean, uh, coaches have the final say of their staff, so it's ultimately up to him. Bob Quinn can certainly make recommendations, and I think ultimately when your boss makes recommendations, you, you tend to, tend to uh, you know, you know, follow them a lot of times. But, but no, make no mistake, this will be Matt Patricia's staff. It's just a matter of, you know, who has what control on defense. Again, I think Patricia, um, you know, it will be his defense in a lot of ways. That's why the Lions brought him here. And, and he, you know, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they see eye to eye on a lot of different things. So, um, you know, that's a, uh, I think that's an important, you know, often overlooked thing, of, of, a piece of success in the NFL is, is your head coach and your general manager being on the same sort of wavelength and there's no doubt that these two are I mean they're good friends going back to their time in New England they spent 12 seasons together there you know again I wrote in that profile you know uh, Matt actually lived with Kyle O'Brien who is Bob Quinn's you know number two is his right hand man he lived with them for a year part of a year at least so um, there's no doubt that there is a, a comfort level there that I think will help this transition and especially I think it's especially beneficial because it's such a late transition I mean you know the combines three weeks away they have a lot of you know, look, Patricia's going to be moving his press conferences on Wednesday. He's got a lot of things he needs to sort through. So having, being able to speak the same language with Bob, um, there's no doubt that that's something that's, that's uh, going to help in the transition and going to help the Lions. Um, I, I wrote this the other day too. They, they don't get everybody they want on their, uh, um, you know, on, on, on his ultimate staff. Um, the, the Chicago Bears new offensive line coach who was at Notre Dame, Harry Heilstand. I don't know if I'm saying the last name right. Um, I think that, you know, he was, I know he was the guy that they wanted for offensive line coach, uh, maybe even offensive coordinator, you know, like down the road sort of deal, but he went with the Bears. So, um, yeah, so, so you know, that's where Jeff Davidson, that name comes in as an offensive line coach, who another New England guy. So there's a lot of ties on there, a lot of people that Bob knows that, that, that uh, you know, Matt knows. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of familiarity there. Um, all right, so let's get to some questions. Ben asks if I truly believe it was Matt Patricia's call to keep Jim Bob Cooter. Um, yeah, ultimately I, I do. I mean, look, I, you know, I don't think they had any prior relationship, none that I'm aware of right now. Uh, but I, I think it's important to you know when you inherit. Look, Patricia is so you know he's known as a defensive mastermind, right? Even though he's got a little bit of offensive background, but you know this offense is. It's played okay. I mean, you know, Stafford has taken some strides. I think some of that is obviously due to Matthew Stafford and his maturation as a player. Some maybe to Jim Bob Cooter in the offense. I think the offense has done some good things. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't have a problem with him keeping him. And I think, 
objectively, if you put yourself in Matt Patricia's shoes when you come in, unless you have a slam dunk hire as an offensive coordinator, a guy that you know you could get, and I don't know who you could get, you know, right now on February 5th, um, that's maybe something that you don't, you don't want to mess with, at least not right away. You give Jim Bob Cooter the benefit of the doubt if you think you can work with him, if you get to know him a little bit. So I, I understand why they made that move to keep him. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's the, uh, you know, ultimately what happened is that it was Jim Bob Cooter's job or, or Matt Patricia's decision to keep Jim Bob Cooter in, in his job as offensive coordinator. Um, all right, what will the Lions target in free agency? It seems to me, and I'm sorry, the name scrolled off there. Top priority will be franchising Ziggy. I agree. They, look, I think they have to franchise Ziggy. There's just no defensive ends on the market right now. They have a lot of cap space. Defensive line is the first order of business. No, they, they need a defensive end. They need a defensive tackle uh, because they, they, I mean, that's frankly the weakest spot on their team. And you look what happened to the Patriots yesterday. They just did not have a, I mean, they didn't have a pass rush. That, that's a big part of what it was. I know a lot of people are talking about what happened with Malcolm Butler, and I don't get why they didn't, uh, you know, why, why Butler didn't play either. There's got to be more to the story. But, um, you know, ultimately, they didn't have a pass rush, and that's really, I think, what hurt them. Nick Foles had a lot of time to throw. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles average more than six yards a carry. You're just not going to win a whole lot of ball games when you're doing that. I look at this Lions team. I see a lot of the same things. Uh, you know, you got a decent secondary, good secondary. I thought last year Darius Slade, Glover Quinn both played well. You got some young talent there, uh, but you need to get more of a pass rush. And I, if I'm the Lions, I franchise Ziggy because uh, I just don't know that you can give him long-term money at this point. I think you need to draft and, and find a replacement for him early in the draft, but you need to bring him back this year. Why keep Cooter and not the quarterbacks, Coach Brian Callahan? Good question. One I wish there was a, a better answer for. Um, yeah, I, I know. Derek asking for That's right. I got the kids running around. I can hear them in the background. I hope uh, hope you guys can't hear too much of them over there. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, what were we talking about there? Oh yeah, um, the the Callahan move. It it you know it befuddled me a little bit. I mean, look, Callahan's a really respected coach. You know, I wrote about this at the Super Bowl last week, and just some of the things that Dan Orlovsky said, where he said he was he was you know puzzled by it. And Stafford has a good relationship with him, and if you're not going to mess with the offense, do you really want to mess with that position too? But uh, you know, George Godsey, who they're going to make the quarterbacks coach, is somebody that um, again. You know, I go back to these Patriots ties. It's somebody that Matt Patricia worked with for three seasons, I think it was, in New England. So maybe he just felt comfortable there and he wanted to have, you know, considering it was an offensive coordinator that he didn't know, he wanted to have a trusted hand on that side of the ball. I think it's the, that's a dangerous move. I mean, again, you know, quarterback coaches, that, that position you can move on all the time. Callahan was a young guy who, you know, could have – he interviewed for an offensive coordinator spot this year, so he certainly was in the mix. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's a little bit risky, but, again, it's his staff, and uh, that, that was one that surprised me. All right, uh, Darren says they need to trade up for Saquon Barkley. I, don't, I just don't know that that's going to happen. Saquon's a top-10 pick to go up from 20 to 10. That's a lot of capital you have to give up. I think they have bigger needs. I think it's a good – it's a deep running back draft that you can get some, some help at that position later on uh, in the draft, second round, third round, wherever it may be. Um, all right, Thomas says there was a problem – that was problem with the Lions, no pass rush and could not stop throwing. That's exactly right. I mean, that's that was the issue this year. And I think, you know, look, people have asked, what you know, is Matt Patricia on a four three, a three four? What look, he's going to be very multiple. Patriots used a lot of four man front on their defense. Uh, their three four was years ago. You know, where they uh, early on when when Bill was there. Uh, in, in some of those great defensive teams they had, they were a three four. They've been they've been much more multiple of late, but. 
so I so I don't think it's going to be a you know a huge change in scheme. I mean, there may be some things like the Patriots have typically favored bigger linebackers, right? So maybe I don't know how Jalen Reeves Maben fits into to this mix now. You know, there there may be some some smaller adjustments like that, but I, I think by and large you're still going to see a four man front. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think it really they need to a, attack that defensive line position in free agency in the draft. They need a big nose guard. They need a an edge rusher. The edge rusher is the bigger you know uh, position of need to me because you got to get somebody not just for this year but to take over for Ziggy, assuming you don't sign him to a running back. Where do the Lions grab a running back in the draft? Uh, that's going to happen. I would just guess here on day two. I think it's a deep enough draft that you want to get one early. You want to get a young one. This will be Amir Abdullah's final year, even though Bob Quinn is he's maintained that you know he thinks Abdullah can be a good back. The fact of the matter is this is Amir Abdullah's final season with the Lions or, or final year of his contract, I should say, which means that it, it's very likely his final season. Therefore, I think you need to get a young one. You, you probably need to take one not too early because it's so deep and because as we saw in the Super Bowl yesterday, no running back that played in that, that game uh, was drafted before the, the fourth round. So I think you can get some in the middle rounds, but you got to get one. Uh, move. I, I don't see who it said to fullback. Uh, running back. That was a question about the running backs. I'm sorry. A lot of these these questions are scrolling off my screen. Uh, what's Patricia's demeanor like? All right. Uh, and yeah, you're right, Derek. Seen both ends of it. You know where where Schwartz was. Look, Schwartz was very prickly. And you're right, Caldwell. He didn't show much emotion. Um, Patricia on the sidelines yesterday. I watched him quite a bit. He was not a yeller and a screamer. I, you know, just again talking to players, they they tell you he's very truthful and very honest with them. He's not afraid to yell and get on them. But on the sideline, I did not see he was not a yeller on the sideline. He stood there, you know, hands crossed. You know, even when the Patriots or when the Eagles went down and scored their first touchdown. You know, Matt Patricia stood there on the sideline and he just sort of had his hands on his hips and he stood there for about 20 seconds. Every once in a while, he shook his head like, no. Uh, drive ends, you know, the, the extra point. He goes, he grabs the iPad um, and he goes to work right away. He's looking at pictures and then going over. I think he first went to his defensive line after that. Even though there was, it was the long pass, he went to his defensive line first about getting more pressure, presumably, and then he talked to the defensive backs. So, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't think you're going to see a big yeller and screamer, but you know Matt is a guy that, at least from afar, I don't know him personally, but at least from afar, he looks like he gets very wound up. I mean, before the games, you know, Jim Caldwell used to go around and shake everybody's hand, right? They're they're going through their stretches, they're sitting in their stretching lines to your sedentary sedentary thing. They're kind of sitting in their their place in their stretching lines, and Jim would go around and shake everybody's hands. Matt, both games that I've watched, he sits on the bench. For, you know, I don't know, when he comes out of the locker room, you know, it's probably 10 minutes. He just sits there. looks like he's sort of in thought, you know, hyping himself up. The the team starts stretching. Matt gets up. He goes and shakes everybody's hand. But it's not a, a handshake necessarily like Jim Caldwell. Sometimes it's a, a, a bro hug. Sometimes it's a handshake, a, a dap, a chest bump. I saw him do that with Gronk. I mean, he's you'll definitely see more emotion from him. But I, I don't get the picture that he's going to be a huge yeller screamer at the officials, if that helps. Um, all right, Dave asks about Eric Ebron being a potential cap casualty. Don't see it. I just think they have, you know, enough um, cap space that they don't need to do that. This will be Ebron's last season of his contract. He's just 25 years old, so he's a young guy. Um, and if you cut him, you need to find a replacement, and you're going to have to spend, you know, what four million, five million. I don't know what you're going to spend on a, on a, you know, replacement tight end uh, for him. But you know, it's just, I mean that. 
I think it's it's safer to go with the eight million for Eric than it is to go out and spend four million on somebody that you don't know. Especially if El Golden returns as tight ends coach, you already know who that is. He's playing for a contract. In theory, you're going to get a good season out of him. What do I think about the Lions? Maybe going after Malcolm Butler. Well, I mean, look, if uh, yesterday was any indication, no. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's Bill Belichick's decision at the end of the day not to play Malcolm Butler, the Patriots cornerback. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I, look, Patricia has to have some say in that. I mean, it's his defense and it's his personnel. I don't know if there's something else there. I don't know if Butler did anything. I mean, both those guys said, indicated it wasn't disciplinary, but... Just the way that the fact that Butler couldn't get on the field over Johnson Badamosi yesterday, that just tells me a lot. I don't know what he did to, to get in the doghouse, but there was some reason why he was in the doghouse yesterday. And the fact that Matt Patricia wouldn't play him in the Super Bowl, I don't know why he would then go out and spend $10 million on him or whatever Malcolm Butler is going to cost him free agency. Butler was, you know, maybe the, the interception that he made, you know, blew his value up a little bit more than, than people you know, expected. I mean, he's not a number one cornerback. He was probably the Patriots number two this year. Started every game, but one, I think it was, uh, you know, Stefan Gilmore was, was across the, the field from him. Gilmore is a little bit better, but Butler's not a bad cornerback. He's going to get, I don't know, eight to $10 million. So I just don't know that, that, you know, why, if Matt Patricia wouldn't play him in the Super Bowl, they'd, they'd spend that money. Um, all right. So I don't know, Derek, that might've been you talking about, yeah, the, that was Caldwell's version of the man. Uh, yeah, you're right. But Patricia, that that's his emotion. It just comes out when he's on the field. It's something that he definitely, um, you can definitely see it bubble up in him. And yeah, look, I, I think you're right. Caldwell was, um, he was a, a good person. The players in the locker room respected him. I get the same sense out of Matt Patricia. And you know, Matt, he showed a little bit of his personality at some of the Super Bowl interviews. I mean, he wasn't going to jump into any of the Lions questions that we had. And I, I understand that. I respect that. appreciate that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, he could kind of acknowledge it. Or when you brought it up in sort of a light moment, he, you know, he sort of gave you the nod and, and the wink. And he knew what was going on. He just couldn't couldn't say anything. So we'll see. I don't know that he's going to be the most, um, you know, forthcoming when it comes to press conferences. So fans out there might get a little frustrated at, at some things, you know, when you ask him about, um, at least when I noticed the Patriots reporters would ask him about, you know, a certain player. And then he'd say, well, you know, in general, our defensive backfield and the, it sort of seemed to frustrate the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the reporters a little bit. And they said, no, we're, we're asking you specifically about a, a guy, not, not in general terms. So, so maybe some of that and the fact yesterday that he did not go into much detail about what happened with Butler. I can see how some of those things would be frustrating for myself or for you fans out there, but um, I think overall you'll you'll see a little bit more personality out of Matt Patricia. Um, all right, Derek's repeating Ryan's question. I didn't see it, so thanks for doing that about Mike Roberts. Um, confused what the Lions think about him? No receptions used in the passing game. Yeah, you know I talked to Mike Roberts at the Super Bowl uh, the other day. Didn't write that up yet. Um, you know he said that he thinks he's going to be an every down sort of tight end this year. Now you know again he didn't he played primarily as a blocker last season. Um, had some off field. You know, things just in terms of, uh, you know, being a responsible player. I mean, I think he needs to show a lot of growth in his game that way in terms of showing up to meetings on time and, and doing some of those things that, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it wasn't just the, the one set of meetings in my understanding that he skipped or was late for. I mean, I think there was a little bit of an ongoing issue there. Um, that he just needs to show a little more maturity. And, you know, he said that he learned a lot of things about himself during this year. Let's hope those are some, some good things. And But I will say this, Bob Quinn drafted him. Bob Quinn believes in him. He's, he, I think he can be a red zone weapon. I don't think you're going to see him be a, 
you know, big time field stretcher or anything like that anytime soon. But, you know, he obviously played a role in the blocking game. Darren Fells is a free agent right now or will be in March. So as things stand, Mike Roberts is your number two tight end, though I certainly would expect the Lions to add to that position, bring in some competition. Um, you know, and this again could be Ebron's last year. So maybe it's maybe it's a guy like Trey Burton from the Eagles. I mean, maybe it is some sort of versatile type tight end. I, I think Burton's a tight end. Forgive me if I'm or a free agent. For, uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong on that. Um, all right, the uh, man. I keep missing these questions that seem like good ones. Uh, let's see, what do the D tackles look like for next season? Are many under contract? Um, all right, so uh, Haloti Nada, free agent. Ashawn Robinson under contract, Akeem Spence under contract, uh, Jeremiah Letter, Ledbetter under contract. So, uh, you know, that's, I guess, your, the bulk of your, your defensive tackle spot. Christian Ringo's exclusive rights free agent, maybe. Um, so, you know, but yeah, they need to, I don't know about Nada. You know, he said he wants to play. We'll see. You know, they do need that big sort of nose. They've, the Patriots have always had one of those, even when they use the four-man front. So I think it would be important. I think Nada could have a role here. Nada sounds like he wants to play one more season, but money, opportunity, all those things will, will factor into his decision as well. A little too early to say that that's going to happen right now with any, any certainty. Um, all right, Thomas asks, uh, he says he likes Nick Chubb in round two as a running back. First round grab a defensive tackle. Yeah. Look, Thomas, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a defensive tackle or, or defensive end. I, I just think ultimately, you know, the talent being equal, right? I mean, if, if Saquon Barkley slips, obviously you're going to take him. But if the talent is equal, I think, yes, you go with the defensive lineman early. Uh, and, I don't, you know, Chubb, I, I, I think a lot of what's going to happen with Chubb is going to be the medical about his knee. I, I like Sony. Uh, you know, if I'm picking one of those Georgia running backs, I just think he brings a lot to the table. Um, you know, Darius Geis, obviously, Ronald Jones. I talked to him when I was out in, uh, in Minneapolis, too. I'll have a video posting tomorrow, another video from him. I did sort of a, a – uh, I know we posted one the other day from Radio Row, but I got another one where it was sort of a, uh, uh, you know, a word association game where I, I'd throw a name off him, you know, uh, Darius Geis, and he'd, he'd throw something back. So just, just a fun little video. That'll be up on Freep.com here, too. Sorry about that. Just dropped, uh, dropped my hand there. Um, all right, uh, Nate asks, can they just draft all linemen, offense and defense? Hey, listen, um, a lot of people would like that, and I'll tell you what, they, I, I think they need a running back, so I do think they take one there. Um, and you're probably going to need a, a cornerback or another defensive back too because, um, you know, look, right now you got Darius and, and Tease Tabor and, uh, you know, Quandre Diggs and not a, not a lot else uh, under contract at the cornerback position. That's a spot that always gets hurt. You're going to need some of those guys down the road. But, yes, they need help on both the offensive and defensive line. I fully expect Graham Glasgow to move to center and the Lions to draft a guard to compete with Joe Dahl for that, that left guard spot. Uh, David asks, uh, he's saying Vita in round one, Rashad Penny in round two, I assume is what you're saying. Yeah, look, Rashad Penny, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of that senior bowl. I was out there for practices, obviously. Um, I, but I, you know, sounded like he looked good there. Uh, Rashad Penny should be a day two pick. I mean, I think he's a pretty, he obviously had a really good career. Um, you know, I think he's going to interest some team. There's just, there's a lot of depth. So you might see one of those backs fall into, you know, the start of round three. But given where the Lions pick, I think the sweet spot for them picking a running back will be round two or round three. You know, maybe if they trade down, maybe they're, maybe it's the back half of that round, depending on, on what they get to go down that you, you take one in, but I just think defensive line at that spot will be so crucial. And guys, there could be, look, there could be some, uh, there could be some good players there. I mean, Harold Landry from Boston College, I think ultimately he probably goes a little bit higher. But uh, especially if the Lions hire, 
Um, you know, Paul Pasqualoni, those two have worked together. Maybe there's, you know, I, I just, I, he's the type of guy I could see them that could be a fit just because he can, you know, he gives you a little bit of versatility. I think he'd fit at the position. I think there's enough guys at the defensive tackle spot. You guys have mentioned Vita, a couple of you have. Uh, Maurice Hurst, you know, that's an interior pass rusher, not a run stopper, but a pass rusher that, uh, that uh, you know, I could see help him. Um, all right, Joe, is this chair comfortable? You know, it's a little old right now. I, I probably got to get a new one. So maybe I'll get that. Maybe I'll ask my wife for that for me for, me for Christmas. Um, Naveed, I uh, hope I said that right. If Matt Patricia decides to start me week one at running back and give me 20 carries, how many yards and touchdowns am I going for? I'm probably getting broken in, a ha broken in half in like my fifth carry, man. I, I'll be honest. It's... Uh, you know, I, I don't know that uh, I can go out and hoop right now a little bit, but put me on a football field and I'm, I'm liable to, to get my bones broke. That's for sure. Um, all right. Yeah. Harold Landry. Yeah. I think a lot of it will, if that ankle is healthy, that's going to be a big thing for him at the combine. Uh, stock market is down. Whoa. Are you serious? 1100 points today. Wow. That's uh man. I guess I should have, should have, uh, pulled some out of my, uh, my, uh, my Roth or safe played some of that a little bit earlier, huh? That's crazy. Uh, Brett, I may have better vision than, than Dwayne Washington. Uh, he's quicker than me though. He's a better athlete. So let's, uh, I think he'd, he'd be, still be more successful. Um, let's see. Eagles just proved how valuable it is to have a quality backup. Yeah. And Rudock is an exclusive race. Look, Rudock will be back. No doubt about that. Um, and you know, I, I, I do think they like Rudock. I think, you know, Obviously, no one knows what Rudak is unless he gets in a game. But look, I think Rudak, because of where he is contract-wise and because of the strength of this quarterback market, I don't think it's you know the Lions trade him or they there be any interest in him this year. But I think he's the type of guy that you know maybe there is some interest next year, and maybe that's the type of guy that um, obviously the Lions are going to tender him and sign him as an exclusive rights free agent. But if there's another way that they could maybe extract some value out of him, he would be a restricted free agent then next year. Um, you know, I, I, he's the type of guy that, that I think you could, you know, if you're the lions that you look down the road at and, and maybe, you know, extract some value out of, but for now, I think he's an okay backup. I mean, we don't know what he is, but I, I think he has some promise at least as a backup. I, I'm, you know, not saying he's ever going to surpass Stafford or be a starter in the NFL, but I think he's a solid enough guy shown some improvement. So, um, all right. So, uh, there's a, what's the IQ difference between Caldwell and Patricia? I am not getting into that. Caldwell's actually a really smart man. I think you guys all know that. He just, um, I know some of the, the personality that people didn't, uh, didn't like there a little bit, but you know, Caldwell, look, the guy, uh, the guy started a bank, you know, when he was, I don't know, years ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago or whatever. He's, he's a, a real estate investor. That's uh, you know, he's, I mean, he's a wealthy, wealthy man from all the business decisions he's made. Uh, Caldwell's a very smart man as well. So uh, realistically, let's see, the best pick for the Lions. Uh, that, that's cruel. Uh, that, that question sort of screamed off. But uh, in terms of what the best pick for the Lions would be in round one, I said defensive line. Um, I know Daniel Jeremiah mentioned the offensive line at, at the uh, uh, when we were down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Um, and look, I, I, again, I, I think, you know, if it's the right guy, I just don't know that, I don't think that's a big enough need. And I think there's enough that the Lions have invested in that position, the offensive line in general, that you don't necessarily need to, to spend a whole lot um, on the offensive line. You can get starting guards in the mid rounds. I mean, unless a Quentin Nelson by some fat, fat chance slid to number 20. I mean, Quentin Nelson's a top five talent. You know, he's a, he's a mauler. He's going to be a, a, a pro bowl guard for years to come. Um, I just don't see them taking an offensive lineman in round one, but I could be mistaken. 
Um, all right, you guys. Uh, if you guys got any last questions, shoot. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll end this uh, final uh, few words about Matt Patricia. And again, look, this is a hire that everybody knew was coming. Um, who it remains to be seen. It will play out whether it's a good hire or not. But I think there are some things in place that will help him succeed as coach. Number one is that he has a, a long-standing relationship with Bob Quinn. It's one of the most important factors in uh, the NFL success. Is you know the relationship that a coach and a GM have, and those two certainly have that. Um, and, and you know, because they'll be on the same page when it comes to picking talent, when it be, when it comes to talking about players, just the the fact that there'll be nothing, there shouldn't be at least anything secrets between them. I think that can be a good marriage, and that's a big part of success in the NFL. Now, you still have Aaron Rodgers in the division. You still have a pretty good Minnesota Vikings team in the division. So Matt Patricia, there's no guarantees. Um, but at the very least, I think he has a chance to be successful because of a lot of things that we've written about over the course of this past month. Um, you will see what the coaching staff is. Guys, I'll be honest. I think the Lions had a pretty good staff. Jim Caldwell had a pretty good staff. Terrell Lawson, Jim Bob Cooter, Tony Oden, Brian Callahan, some of these guys. We'll see. We'll see what this staff is like. Uh, you know, if it's Jeff Davidson, I, I've, I've heard very mixed reviews on Jeff Davidson as the offensive line coach. Uh, you know, Paul Pasqualoni, I think he's a, a good teacher, at least it sounds like, at the defensive line position. We'll see if he's a defensive coordinator. Again, I would expect that Matt Patricia runs the defense. But Chris Kasurik was an excellent defensive line coach. I think Caldwell made a mistake when he got rid of Jeremiah Washburn as offensive line coach a couple years ago and trusted that position to Ron Prince. That ultimately helped lead to his downfall. So we'll see what, what happens with that position. Uh, but, yes, I've heard, I've heard players who didn't like playing for Jeff Davidson, didn't like the way that he treated them on the offensive line. Uh, so that'll be one one position to watch. Um, all right, couple last questions here before we get rolling. Uh, there was uh, well, I, ask me again if I if I missed your question because it scrolled up. But Navid asks, who's my favorite lion of all time? You know what? I I grew up in in Michigan, um, so you know as a young kid it was probably Barry. I mean it had to be Barry. Barry was was certainly the guy. You know I I do think he's. I didn't see Jim Brown, so at least the best running back that I've seen ever play. You know I think. Uh, Walter Payton, I was young, obviously, when Payton was running, but I think Barry was the best of all time. So just from a, a fan standpoint, when I was younger, it would be uh, Barry. But, of course, now my uh, my likes and, and, and interests are much different. It's just about who the best quote is and who the most helpful guy is. So players like... Uh, you know, Nate Burleson and, and you know, guys like that, um, Dom, Raiola, you know, uh, Rob Sims. I mean, those guys have always been favorites because they've just been accessible and they always give thoughtful answers. And, and you know, I appreciate that in the position that I'm in. The question about Brian Flores, I addressed this early on. Brian Flores, is, is he's expected to be the, the Patriots defensive coordinator. Um, in fact, I've had somebody in, from New England out there mention that, uh, you know, they had basically heard Brian Flores getting congratulated on being the defensive coordinator spot. So if that doesn't happen, I'd be stunned. Um, so yeah, I don't think Brian Flores will be coming here. He'd be a great hire if he would. Joe, that's the question I was looking for. Rick Wagner, still the guy at right tackle. No, good. That's the one that I couldn't think of. Um, still the guy at right tackle. Lions spent a lot of money there. Um, he's going to be the guy. I think this is, he only had two years of guaranteed money. So it's something they can get out of if, if there was an issue. But Look, Rick was hurt a little bit. He was banged up. I think that led to the play. Um, you know, there was a little bit of a change in technique for him. So he was, you know, probably trying to do some things that maybe he wasn't quite comfortable with. So let's see if, uh, you know, if, if year two is a little bit better. You know, he's a, he's a good player. He's a talented player. Um, he needs to be better. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. 
uh, even though he doesn't say a whole lot. Um, but yeah, the Rick Wagner, it's not an experiment. Rick Wagner is the right tackle. He'll be back. Uh, so you're going to have Decker. Uh, there was another question about who the left guard will be. You're going to have Decker, Dahl, Glasgow, TJ Lang, and Rick Wagner to start. Again, I do expect the Lions to draft a, probably a, a, a guard that you know you compete with. Uh, Dahl for that starting left guard spot. Maybe you know you sign a vet, you know a Jeff Schwartz type in free agency. That's the sort of veteran that they brought in that can be a starter. You know that you trust a little bit, but that you're not spending too much money on. I could certainly see them signing a guy like that in free agency as well. Uh, do I know how close the Lions were to taking Aaron Donald over Eric Ebron? Uh, yeah. So um, you know I've I've. I know I've reported this before. I've said this, but you know my understanding was: um, look, there's no doubt the defensive guys loved Aaron Donald, right? The, I mean, there was a push from Terrell Austin and those guys to get uh, to get Aaron Donald. Jim Washburn. In fact, I sat next to Jim Washburn on the plane down to Mobile, and I just remember Jim Washburn gushing about him. So there's no doubt that that the Lions liked Aaron Donald. I think there were a couple people might have had questions about his size in the organization, just that it wasn't the you know prototype. Size at defensive tackle, obviously, and, and if you're taking somebody that high, maybe you, you know that's when you know you're nitpicking and some of those things come into play. But ultimately, my understanding was it came down to Eric Ebron and, and Odell, or maybe they I should say they wanted an offensive guy to, to add to the offense, right? And Ron Prince, there you go, Brett. That's what I was going to say because I've, I've written this before, said this before. Ron Prince, my understanding convinced Martin Mayhew. Ron Prince was a very strong voice within the organization. Convinced Martin Mayhew to draft Eric Ebron, essentially. Eric Ebron at the Combine, he did not have the best Combine interview. They put him on the board. It wasn't a great session. They brought him back in for a day for a, you know, to spend the day with him. And Ron Prince came out of that session gushing about how great Eric Ebron was and they loved Eric Ebron and he could do so much for them. Um, ultimately, Jim Caldwell had Odell Beckham and Eric Ebron with the same, you know, grade or thereabouts. Um, Martin Mayhew, um, I believe I don't I don't know exactly what Martin's grades were. Martin was, um, you know, he he wanted to, he had learned from past mistakes, and that he wanted to make sure he got um, coaches players that they would use. Joe Lombardi was light on Odell Beckham. Joe Lombardi liked uh, Eric Ebron. And maybe I, I don't know about light is the right phrase for how Lombardi felt about Eric Ebron or about um, Odell Beckham. But I think they they thought they needed a tight end more. Um, you know, Joe Lombardi did for his system. Uh, Ron Prince was really pushing it. And so ultimately they went offense over defense. And since they um, they had Ebron over Odell based on all the feedback that they had gotten from their assistant coaches, that's the pick that Martin Mayhew made. But I can tell you with 100% certainty that there were people in the Lions organization that loved Odell Beckham Jr. I can tell with 100% with certainty that the defensive staff absolutely loved um, Aaron Donald, um, I think in the front office as well, you know, scouts and whatnot, they, they thought Aaron Donald was a heck of a player. It just ultimately came down to those guys were in the mix there. They wanted an offensive guy. They wanted an offensive weapon target for Stafford. And that's how um, the Eric Ebron pick came about. And yes, it worked out for Odell, as Derek points out. He said the time of his life in New York, he's been a heck of a player, no matter the drama that's come with him. Uh, at sometimes he's a very very good player and of course Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in the league and look had they drafted Aaron Donald we might be talking about 
I mean, shoot, maybe Martin Mayhew is still employed. Maybe there's, maybe, I mean, that 2014 Lions team, that was a really, really good defense. And if Aaron Donald was on that defense, they're even better. And there's no drop off the next year when Indomitian Sue leaves because Aaron Donald is a beast and he's killing people in LA and he would be an excellent player here in Detroit. Um, so yeah, if Aaron Donald was a Detroit Lion, you know, this, there's a lot of history that's going to be rewritten right now. Uh, yeah, Sue, Donald, Ziggy, they all would have been on the same line. I think Nick Fairley was still there at the time, but you knew Nick was gone. You knew Sue was, you know, in that free agency mode. You had, who else was there? CJ Mosley was, was, was leaving. So, I mean, it was in retrospect in, in look at the time, I thought they needed to take Taylor Wan because I thought they had offensive line questions that they needed to address. I was a big proponent of, um, I just didn't think, you know, the, the Beckham thing was going to happen because of the position. Uh, but so I, I was sort of on the, I was on the Luan train and I, I wasn't like a real strong, I, I thought Donald would have been a great pick as well, but I just, I thought Taylor Luan was the right pick because of other questions on the offensive line. But yes, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they missed out on that one. Um, all right. Brett also asked about Robert Quinn over fairly, uh, Am I remembering right? Quinn was taking the pick after Nick Fairley. Is that right? Um, he was taking the pick after Nick Fairley. And yeah, they, uh, you know, I, I said on draft night, you can go back and check my Twitter. I said I would have taken Robert Quinn there. And, uh, you know, look, Nick Fairley fell for a reason, obviously. Um, but Nick Fairley, you know, let's say this. I mean, he was a top five talent top 10 talent consensus. I mean, you know, he was a guy that people thought should have gone there. He did have some of those, you know, medical questions coming out, I think about the heart. Um, so, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, Robert Quinn over fairly at the time I said it. Um, so yeah. And man, Brett keeps going down the list here. Riley reef over David DeCastro though. Reef played pretty well this year. Uh, you know, reef reef's a solid player. He's not a, a pro bowler, but, but he's been a solid player. So, but yeah, you guys are right. Uh, you know, there's been some some big draft misses. Uh, let's give Martin credit for that that good 2013 class that he had. Ziggy, Darius Slay, in a really bad draft. Uh, but the one ultimately that cost him his job was the 2010 Eric Ebron versus Aaron Donald versus Odell versus a number of other people. Had they got one of those other superstars, like I said, there'd be a lot of uh, a lot of history that would have to be rewritten. Um, yeah, and look, uh, Joe, you're about the draft, and he says, let's end it on this, all right? That there's a lot of, uh, can't wait for the day that there's a lot of looking forward instead of looking back. Um, yeah, there's another one, Abdul over David Johnson. Um, though the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, wanted to make that pick too. So I think it's easy to rewrite history when you look at that. I think you have to look at the people within the same, the same you know, scope of the draft that are taken within the, the couple picks. Um, and, you know, I, I, that's why I say when when you look at Bob Quinn's picks here. Uh, sorry, I'm getting text messages scroll across my th my my screen here. Um, yeah, I think that's when why when you look at Bob Quinn's uh, drafts here, Taylor Decker. You know, this year was sort of a loss year with the injury, but he's been. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be an anchor for them at left tackle. I think he's a solid player. Maybe you know, maybe he's never a. A Tyron Smith or somebody like that at left tackle, but I think he's going to be a very good, you know, blocker up front. Um, I still think Jerry Davis is, is and can be a fine player. The guys that were taken right after him, 
you know, we'll see how they they turn out. Tack McKinley. I mean, those are the guys that you need to compare them to. Um, but I think Jared Davis, he will have a role to, to, to bring this thing full circle. He will have a role, um, the same role in Matt Patricia's defense. Um, you know, he's a guy that's drawn some Jared Mayo comparisons. Uh, you know, Gerard Mayo, however you say his name. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a guy that the Patriots loved, that him and Patricia spoke highly of each other. So I think Patricia will use, he will get the most out of Jared Davis. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, uh... Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens this year. We'll see what sort of linemen or whoever they come up with early on. But in any event, Matt Patricia, your new Detroit Lions coach, the expected news came down today about 3 o'clock, and uh, no one was surprised by it. Press conference Wednesday about 3 o'clock, um, and it's the news we all expected. I don't know if he's going to be successful. I think he's got a chance to be successful because of all the reasons I mentioned. Smart guy, tireless worker, players respond to him. Um, I think it's good that he's keeping the offense in place. And if he can do what he did with the Lions defense, with that Patriots defense, some of the situational football they played, what they did in the red zone, top five in scoring defense, um, you know, this Lions team has a chance. Of course, I mentioned, uh, you know, you still got Aaron Rodgers and the Minnesota Vikings in your division. You got the Eagles who are the Eagles are a damn good team and they're not going anywhere. Carson Wentz is coming back. They're deep, deep, deep on both sides of the ball. The New Orleans Saints just had a great draft, hit four home runs, really, if you ask me, with their their, their picks. They still got Drew Brees. Um, you know, go across the board. I mean, this is the Atlanta Falcons. If they get that offense back right, you know, you still got Julio. The San Francisco 49ers don't sleep on the 49ers. If Jimmy Garoppolo is what everybody thinks he is, listen. Uh, the Lions, it's the NFC is is loaded, frankly, and it's going to be a difficult, difficult road for the Lions the next couple of weeks. But the Lions, they have the guy that they think can help lead them there in Matt Patricia. I think Matt Patricia has a chance. Um, ultimately, we'll see. We'll see uh, here over the next couple of years whether he can do it. Starting this year, Golden Tate said it on Radio Row at the Super Bowl that, that he thinks the Lions need to win now. I'm of the same belief. I think they uh, they they need to contend for make the playoffs, but but they need to be a team that is regularly contending for the playoffs under Matt Patricia. All right, that'll do it for now. I appreciate everybody joining me here on Facebook Live and Freep.com, and we have plenty more plenty more Matt Patricia coverage coming your way over the next few days. I know I've written just about everything that I can think of at least to write about them. Make sure you check out those stories on Freep.com. Press conference coming Wednesday. My column uh, on Matt Patricia and the hire posted while we were doing this chat. Uh, check it out. Thanks again for joining me. Facebook Live, Freep.com.